Mark chapter number 2, began reading with verse number 1. Speaking about Jesus, it says, And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together, so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic, who was carried by four men. Notice. They came to Jesus, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this. Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk, that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. I'm using for uh, my subject this morning the title of the message today, Because They Cared. Because they cared. Father, I thank you today for the incredible, infallible, powerful, miracle-working Word of God. God, I pray today, Lord, uh, God, that you will use your Word this morning. Lord, not my little sermon that I've worked diligently and worked hard on, but not my sermon today, but God, I pray that the Word, the true Word of God today, you will use it to touch hearts and touch lives today. God, I pray for uh, our care ministry, as that is our focus today. God, I pray today for those that are care ministers that may be struggling right now. They may be a little discouraged, a little weary and tired. I pray today, Lord, through the message, through the Word of God today, you will energize them and help them to once again be passionate about this incredible ministry. God, I pray, Lord, for, for the new uh, care ministers that we're going to commission at the end of this service this morning. God I, God, I just pray that you will infuse them today, Lord. God, with your spirit, Lord, and, and Lord, with the awesome opportunity and privilege that they are receiving today to become care ministers. God, I pray you'll raise up new care ministers, Father, so that every uh, regular attender of this church can be placed under the care of a godly care minister. Father, I just pray your perfect will be done in this service for your glory. We ask all of these things in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Our missions statement here at the Grace Place is caring people, caring for people. But what I need you to understand this morning, this is much, much more than a catchy slogan. Uh, This is who we are. 
Or at least this is who we want to be and this is who we are trying to become. At the Grace Place, our caring is intentional. We care on purpose. It's genuine, it's real, it's designed, it's authentic, and it is proven. We have a ministry here at the Grace Place that we call the Care Ministry Network. And in this ministry, we take quality people and we train them on how to care for people. And we call these people our care ministers. And these care ministers, we assign them four, five, six, a few of them as many as seven families in this church, and we place them in their care. And we ask them to care for these families. These care ministers become an extension of me. They become an extension of my ministry. They represent me. Therefore, because they represent me, they they must have my heart, and they must have my vision, and they must have my love for people. They must see this ministry as an opportunity. We're not going to beg. We're not going to plead. We want people that are a part of this ministry to see this ministry as an opportunity. We, we want the care ministers to see this ministry as a privilege. We want them to see this as a sacred task. You see, there are somewhere between 550 and 600 people who call the Grace Place their church home. Now, some of these people come every single Sunday, and they come out on Wednesday night, and, and they're always here, and then there's some that just come occasionally. But all of these 550 to 600 people uh, claim the Grace Place as their home church. And because there's 550 or 600 people that call this their church home, there's just absolutely no way that I can personally give the quality of care that I want to give to this many people all by myself. It's just absolutely impossible. And even with the incredible staff that I have, uh, I, we cannot care for the people to the degree uh, and to the quality that I desire for us to. Time just will not allow us because all of us on staff, we all have our specialized assignments and all of us have full-time ministries and we just cannot get the job done ourselves. Well, the good news is that we're not, we don't have to and we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 11 and 12, the Bible says that God gave pastors to the church. Did you know that I am God's gift to you? I am God's gift to you. The Bible says that God gave pastors to the church. But it didn't just say that God gave pastors to the church, but he said what the pastor's role and responsibility was. In Ephesians 4, uh, verses 11 and 12, says God gave pastors to the church, and he goes on to say that their job or their assignment is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. It is not and never has it been the intention of God that the pastor do the work of the ministry of the church. It is the will of God, it is, it is the plan of God uh, that the pastor equip the people of the church to do the hands-on ministry of the church. That is the, the plan of Almighty God. Amen. 
My job is to equip you to do uh, the hands-on ministry of this local assembly. My job is to equip and to inform and to inspire you to leave this church every single Sunday and to go out into your world and show that world, show them what a loving, caring, discipled follower of Jesus Christ looks like. Well, this morning we're going to commission, we're going to place in the ministry nine brand new care ministers. And we have assigned uh, four, five, six families uh, to each of these care ministers, and it will be their responsibility to care for these families of our church. Now, their job is simply uh, to help me care for these people. Uh, they do not take my place. They do not take my place. Uh, They are an extension of me. They are a representative of me. And they care because I cared enough to get them equipped to care for you. Let me just tell you that I'm not dumping you on somebody else. I'm not, it's not that I don't care for you and so because I don't care for you, I'm going to get somebody to care for you so somebody will care for you. No, the fact of the matter is I care for you so much that I know and I realize and I understand that we're at a point now that there's absolutely no way that I can personally care uh, on a daily basis or a weekly basis, amen, for people, amen, that come to this church. And because I care so much for you, I'm putting someone in place to help me get the job done. And their job is simply to care. They are not counselors. Uh, They are not miracle workers. They are not problem solvers. Their job is simply to care. They are caring people, caring for people. Well, the title of uh, my message today is Because They Care. In our scripture for the day, we find four men that that cared. Four men that cared. And because they cared, a miracle took place in the life of a paralyzed man that would never have taken place if it hadn't been for the fact that these four men cared. So let me call your attention today to five things that happened in this story. And it happened For one reason and one reason alone, and that is it happened because they cared. I believe that these same five things can happen here at the Grace Place because we care. Notice the first thing that happened in this story, and it happened simply and only because they cared. And that is they saw a need. They saw a need. May I suggest this morning that that people who do not care are blind to the needs of others. Only caring people truly see the needs of others. People who do not care are people who are so focused on their own needs. They are so focused on their own hurts. Oh, they are so focused on their own problems that they become blind to the needs of everyone around them. I suggest also that people who do not care cannot be bothered by the needs of others. They see the needs of others as a burden. Oh, they see it as a burden that is just too heavy. Oh, and they are not willing to share the need. 
They are quick to point out this person's faults and the cause of their troubles. Oh, they love to make statements like, well, they made their bed, let them lie in it. Or the only person they have to blame is themselves. Ever heard that? People who do not care cannot be bothered by the needs of others. And people who do not care do not want to borrow other people's trouble. They say things like, I have enough troubles of my own. Uh, Oh, they say, "I, I can't take care of the weeds in my own garden. How in the world can I help somebody else with theirs? I have so many troubles and so many problems and so many faults of my own. How in the world can I help anybody else with theirs? Again, let me pause for just a moment this morning and say here, a care minister's job is not to solve everybody's problems. It's simply to care. That's all we're asking you to do this morning. We're we're not asking you to be a problem solver. We're not asking you to be a miracle worker. We're only asking you to care, to have a heart for people and open your heart and genuinely care and be concerned and love on people. All I'm asking you to do is simply to offer your shoulder for them to lean on or offer your shoulder for them to cry on. All I'm asking you to do this morning is to love and to understand and to support. That's all you have to do. I don't know about you, but I'm not afraid of the dark. But I am afraid of what might be out there waiting on me in the dark. (laughs) And so although I'm not afraid of the dark, I get a little spooked sometimes when I'm walking in the dark by myself because I'm fearful what might be waiting on me out there in the dark. On the other hand, if I have somebody with me, that fear seems to go away. It might even be my wife walking beside me. I'm sure she could take care of me. I don't know what it is, but there's just something. Oh, there's something different about walking in the dark by yourself or walking in the dark with somebody else. All I'm asking you to do as a care minister all is to be willing to take somebody's hand and walk with them in the darkest hour of their time and of their night. Not that you solve their problem, not that you work a miracle for them. No, no, just the simple fact that somebody is with them, somebody is there, somebody cares. Because they cared, they saw a need. And because they cared, they seized an opportunity. Because caring people seize an an opportunity to care. Notice two things here. Number one, the need was presented. The need was presented. Now, I don't know whose idea it was, but obviously one of these four men took the lead and sought out three other men to help him carry the paralytic to where Jesus was. Well, Today I am presenting the need. We have several families in our church right now who do not have a care minister. And these families need intentional care from us. 
I cannot offer this to them personally. I can offer them crisis care. If they have a crisis in their family, they will get some of my personal attention. But our church is large enough now that there is always a crisis going on in somebody's life. There's always somebody losing a loved one. There's always somebody sick at the hospital. There's always somebody going through a divorce. There's always something happening. There is crisis. Every week there's a crisis in the church. And I want you to know that if you have a crisis, and I'm aware of it, I will be there personally to minister to you, to pray for you, to care for you, to be there for you. But I understand that you don't just need care when you're in a crisis, but you need care on a daily basis. You need care on a weekly basis. And I cannot do my job and all of the things that come under the heading of the lead pastor and personally care for 550, 600 people. Can't be done. People need ongoing care. And that's what the care ministry provides, ongoing care. Because when the crisis, I go from crisis to crisis, I'm at this crisis for a little while and then another crisis, so I have to leave this crisis and go to this one and this one and then this one and then this one. But I'll tell you what happens, and that is usually the care ministry meets me right there in the crisis, and they're there in the crisis. But when I'm off to the next crisis, there they are to handle the everyday care. What an awesome, awesome, incredible ministry. Caring people sees an opportunity to care. I ask you this morning, do you care? Do you care? Oh, I'm, I'm presenting the need today. Oh, we need six more care ministers or six more care ministry couples right now. Even after we commission the care ministers today, we still need about six more care ministry couples to help us care for the people of our church. If you have any interest at all in this ministry, and I I don't have time this morning to tell you all about this ministry. I'm just trying to encourage you and trying to get some enthusiasm and get some interest. And if you have any interest at all in this ministry, you can sign up for more information. Or you can sign up to become trained to become a care minister. You can do that. As soon as this service is over this morning, there's a, there's a sign-up sheet. There's a table out in the foyer. And if you have any interest at all in this care ministry, even just to know a little more about what it's about, I want you to sign up, put your name there, and let us know that you have some interest. Back to our story. Not only was the need presented, but the structure was in place. The structure was in place. Whoever was the lead man of, of these four uh, had secured a cot and had devised the plan. And all he needed was three more men to help him. Well, guess what? Our structure is in place. Our structure is in place. We, we have a plan. We have the tools. Oh, we are willing to train you. All we really need is people who care. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to do this ministry, although, although a rocket scientist, we do have a rocket scientist as one of our care ministers. But you don't have to be a rocket scientist to be a part of this ministry. 
All you have to do is have a genuine love and compassion for people. Oh, oh, if you are a dedicated Christian that actually lives out your Christianity, oh, and you have a caring heart, you are qualified to be trained for this incredible and wonderful ministry. Notice the third thing that happened because they cared. Because they cared, they served a purpose. They served a purpose. Notice two things about purpose. First of all, life is passionless without purpose. Life is passionless without purpose. It's so sad, but the truth of the matter is the majority of our people today in America are unhappy. They've never had more, never had more things, never made more money, never had more possessions than they do today. And yet there's more people unhappy today than ever before. How could this possibly be? Why? Why? What is the answer? Why? What is the reason? Oh, I believe it is because of a lack of purpose. Because life is passionless without purpose. These four men in our story today served a purpose. Together as a team, oh, they were the key to getting this paralyzed man into the presence of a miracle worker named Jesus because they cared. Oh, because they cared enough to serve a purpose. This paralyzed man received a miracle. May I tell you the thing that gets me up early in the morning? May I tell you what makes me happy? What makes me satisfied? May I tell you what brings great joy and enthusiasm and fulfillment to me is my purpose to know that I am a part of something great, to know that I'm a part of something that has eternal value, to know that I'm a part of something that is much bigger than I am, to know that I'm a part of something that will live on long after I'm dead and the fried chicken and potato salad has already been eaten at the funeral dinner. I'm offering you purpose today. I preach on purpose a lot. This is the year of purpose. I talk about purpose a lot. And people say, oh, I'm so glad you know your purpose. Pastor, I wish I knew my purpose. Listen, if you're looking for a purpose this morning, let me ask you this morning, what could be a greater purpose than caring for people? What could be a greater purpose than simply caring for I suggest to you that life's greatest purpose involves people. Life's greatest purpose involves people. Projects are important, but not as important as people. Programs are important, but not as important as people. Products are important, but not as important as people. If your purpose does not include people, I question your purpose. I'm going to say that again. If your purpose does not include people, I question your purpose. Maybe your job at work is all centered around projects or or programs or products. Listen, listen, this morning, I'm not saying this is not important. It is. It's, It's very important, and thank you for providing these things. But this and this alone cannot be your total purpose. 
Your purpose must also include people because life's greatest purpose involves people. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us what these four men's occupations were. But I'm pretty sure they weren't full-time cot carriers. But because they cared, oh, they were willing to carry this man's cot for him. They realized that being a cot carrier, oh, served an incredible purpose. May I ask you today, are you willing to become a cot carrier? Will you help carry somebody else's heavy load? Will you help us serve this incredible purpose called the Care Ministry Network? The fourth thing that happened because they cared, because they cared, they selflessly endured. I'm persuaded that the task of taking this paralyzed man to Jesus was not an easy task. The Bible doesn't say, but the fact that this man was paralyzed, since he didn't get any exercise, he he could have been obese. I'm convinced he was a heavy load to carry. And I'm convinced that these four men grew tired of carrying him before they reached their destination. I'm convinced, no doubt, there were many obstacles to overcome. Perhaps There were hills to climb. Perhaps there was water they had to cross. We don't know. Maybe there was a detour or two along the way. I don't know. But I'm convinced there were many obstacles they had to overcome. When they finally did get to where Jesus was, they couldn't get him in because of the crowd. And they ended up carrying him on top, up on top of the house, taking off some of the roof and lowering him down into the presence of Jesus. There was many obstacles to overcome. There were many opportunities to quit. Perhaps one of these four men got sick along the way. Maybe one of them stumbled along the way and hurt himself. Ah, oh, everyone would understand if they chose to quit. But because they cared, because they had such a care, oh, they pushed themselves through the obstacles and they refused every opportunity to quit. Now, please hear me this morning. I'm not criticizing anybody, oh, for getting weary in ministry and needing a break. I'm not faulting anyone, oh, who gets sick or gets hurt along the way and needs, oh, to sit there caught down momentarily, oh, but I am challenging you today, don't quit. The task is too important, oh, our purpose is an eternal purpose. A 
But you need to understand this morning that, that this care ministry is not just one of many ministries of the church. It's not some kind of program that we put in place. You must understand that this is a part of our DNA. This is a part of who we are. Do I want a relevant, incredible building? Well, obviously I do. Do I want incredible, relevant, wonderful worship? Well, it's obvious that I do. Do I want well-planned, prayed-over, anointed messages presented every single Sunday? Well, obviously I do. But I want to tell you this morning we can have the greatest building in the city. We can have the greatest ministries in place. We can have the greatest talent on the stage. But listen, what people are really needing today, what they need above everything else, amen, is to know that there's somebody that loves them, somebody that receives them, somebody that accepts them, somebody that cares for them. I've been in ministry now 43 years, and we'll be in October 43 years. 25 years ago, something happened to me. 25 years ago, when I started a church from scratch, something happened to me. Because before I could offer a nice building, I could offer a good program, I could offer some good music, I could offer, but I'm starting from ground zero. I have no building, I have no people, I have no money, I have, we started our church with my wife on a 40-year-old piano that was ours. My 14-year-old, 15-year-old son on the drums. And a worship leader that never led worship in their life. And that's how we started. And I knew that I was going to be in competition with people with fine-robed choirs and beautiful buildings and tall steeples and stained glass and all of those things that were important 25 years ago. And I had a little ragtag building on the other side of the tracks. I had nothing to offer, but one thing I did have to offer, and that is I can love them like they've never been loved before. Amen. I started that church, and our statement was, the church that love is building. The church that love is building. And I want to tell you that people drove by those fancy buildings and they drove by, amen, those fancy choirs and they drove by all of the things that, that, that were available to them. They drove right by them and they came out and walked into our makeshift foyer and they fell in love with us because we loved them. Twenty-five years later, people will tell you they've never been loved ever. They were loved at Harvest Time Church. It wasn't a program. Who we are. This is not a program that I'm trying to get you to be a part of. It's who I want us to become, caring people, caring for people. Church growth experts will tell you before the preacher ever gets up to preach, people have already decided whether they're coming back or not. So don't lay the blame on me and I can't take the credit. Now they may stay not stay around or whatever, but let's open our hearts this morning. Amen. Open our hearts.
not faulting anyone that gets sick or hurt along the way or needs to sit down their cot momentarily, but I am challenging us today. Don't quit. The task is so important. All oh, our purpose is an eternal purpose. Oh, if you become a care minister, there will be times when the load is heavier than at other times. And in these times, we will get you some extra help to help you carry the extra heavy load for that particular time. Oh, listen, listen, the devil will tempt you to quit. Hey, if this ministry wasn't so valuable to the kingdom, he wouldn't care if you quit or not. If you're already a care ministry and your load load is heavier than normal, Or because of your personal burdens, oh, you can't seem to handle any other burdens right now. I understand. I do. I understand. But let me say two things to you. Number one, don't quit. Let our care ministry directors know that you're struggling right now and you need some extra help and they will help you. And maybe, I don't know, Maybe you need to set your cot down momentarily. But the operative word here is momentarily. The second thing I want to tell you this morning, and I believe I have a word from the Lord right here. Sometimes caring for somebody else, focusing on somebody else's troubles, helps put our troubles in better perspective. And sometimes the best way to help yourself is to help somebody else. And I've got Bible for it. Job. Job. No man suffered like Job. No man went through what Job went through. And as long as he moaned and he groaned, as long as he focused on his boils, as long as he focused on his losses, as long as he focused oh, on the horrible things that were happening in his life, he got worse and worse and worse and worse. But the Bible says that God turned it all around for him when, when he prayed for his friends. key to Job's turnaround was when he stopped focusing on his trouble and his trial and his problem and his hurt and his pain. He stopped looking inward and he looked out and saw there were others that were struggling and there were others. And the Bible says that God turned his situation around when he prayed for his friends. Maybe you don't need to quit. Maybe you need to lay the cot down for a moment. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe you need to care even more and reach out even more. And as you reach out to others, what you make happen for them, God will make happen for you. Amen? Amen. And the last thing that happened, because they cared, because they cared, they saved a soul. Reread the story. This paralytic wasn't just healed that day. He was saved. Jesus said to him, your sins are forgiven you. Two final things today as I begin to close. First of all, let me suggest that God's work is satisfying. God's work 
is satisfied. Friend, when you do something for somebody else with pure motives, you do something for yourself. When you go or when you do or when you give, oh, in order to be a blessing, you always end up being blessed. How many times has it happened to you? You went to the hospital, oh, to cheer somebody up. But instead of you cheering them up, you left cheered up in your own heart. You cannot do the work of the Lord with proper motives without feeling a sense of satisfaction. Genuine Caring people who care for people are satisfied people. You've heard me tell the story that is told about Mother Teresa. And someone saw Mother Teresa dressing an open leprous wound. And it was a hideous sight. And the person spoke to Mother Teresa and said, I wouldn't do that for a million dollars. Mother Teresa said, neither would I. What she would not do for a million dollars, she would do every single day because of her love for her Lord. Not only is God's work satisfying, God's work is supernatural. Here's what I know. If we will do what we can, God will do what we can't. The four men in our story today could not heal this paralytic. Oh, oh, but they could take him to the healer. God's work is supernatural. All he asks of us is to do the natural. It's his job to do the super. The four men did the natural. Jesus did the super. And the paralytic experienced the supernatural. Oh, hear me this morning. I'm not asking you to do anything super. That's God's job. All I'm asking of you is just do the natural. That's your job. And the natural is simply to care. But here's what I've learned. God never does the super until we do the natural. He never does the super until we do the natural. Fill the water pots with water, Jesus said. That's your job. All you got to do is fill the water pots with water. My job, turn that water into wine. You do the natural, I'll do the super. March around the city seven times. And on the seventh time, blow the trumpet. All I'm asking you to do, you do the marching. You blow the trumpets. I'll knock down the walls. You do the natural. I'll do the super. Make me a cake first. That's your job. Use the oil and the meal you have. Use it all up on me. It's my job to keep the oil and the meal coming. You do the natural. I'll do the super. Cast your your net on the other side of the ship. That's your job. Your job is to cast the net. 
God says, my job is to make 152 fish swim into the net. You do the natural, God says. I'll do the super. Go and dip seven times in the muddy Jordan. That's your job. You do the natural. You do what you can do. I'll do what you can't. And if you'll do what you can do, seventh time you come up, the leprosy will be gone. You do the dipping. You do the natural, I'll do the super. Amen? Jesus said to the man, arise, take up your bed, walk. That's your job. Just get up. You make the effort. That's your job. It's my job to make those legs work when they've never worked before. You do the natural. I'll do the super. I believe that God wants to do supernatural things in our midst. But before God does the super, we have to do the natural. I believe God has called us to be the grace place the grace place. This church was not named the grace place because I got on the internet and found the coolest name in the country. In fact, when Brian got on the, on the uh, internet to try and find the grace place, he only found one other grace place in the whole United States. And it was in Florida, Brian, in Florida. I never heard of it. And it's certainly not because I'm so cool. You can ask all these guys. I don't have innovative ideas. Ask my staff. I don't have them. Not me. That ain't me. Not me. Wish it was, but it's not. But I know how to hear from God. And God said, Call your church the Grace Place. Wow. I like that. I'll never forget. Because I knew that for two thirds of our people, you've come in since we've been here, Bethel, old, New Bethel, none of that really meant anything to you. But some of the old timers have been around for a long, long time. I knew, you know, I'm going to take their name away from them. And I, you know, I don't want them just to hear that just from like everybody else. And so I called every person that I knew that was part of Old Bethel. I called them in my office and I talked to them one-on-one and told them what the story, how God told me to call the church the grace place. How I wasn't trying to take their name away from them. Wasn't try, I'm just trying to follow God. And I said, out of respect for you, and I know this means something to you and it's important to you, and so out of respect for you, I don't want you just to hear it on Sunday morning when I stand up and I tell it. I want you to hear it. I'll never forget. I think it was Cindy. I think it was. You can correct me if it wasn't, but take credit because it's pretty good anyway. Okay. <laughs> I think it was Cindy. She was sitting in my office. I think there was two or three of you when you came in, wasn't there? And I said, the grace place. She started to cry. Whoever it was. Was it you, Cindy? She began to cry. And whoever it was, I promise you, the Spirit of the Lord was so sweet. Wasn't that, was it you, Cindy, really? Don't, you don't have to lie for me. <laughs> she began to cry. And there was a beautiful spirit there. We're not the grace place because I'm so cool. We're not the grace place because I'm so innovative. We're not the grace place because I'm such cutting edge. We're the grace place because that's who God wants us to be. God told me that. Call your church the grace place. 
And it wasn't, it was a year, year and a half later when I heard the Lord speak to me again, caring people, caring for people. Oh, it's a grace place. Caring people. Oh, I wish I was that smart. I wish I was that cool. That's cool, isn't it? The grace place, caring people. Isn't that cool? It's awesome. It's God. It's God. I'm telling, I'm simply telling you. I'm not presenting some kind of program this morning. One of many. And I'm not against programs, per se. I'd rather have ministries any day. But it's not just a ministry. It's who God has called us to be. The grace place. Caring people. Caring for people. Put your guys up and pray. Cannot tell you how important the care ministry is. I've already said it, but it's more than a ministry. It's who we are, who we want to be, who we're trying to become. Every day I pray, God, please help us develop into the grace place. Graceful people, loving people, accepting people, receiving people, embracing people. People of every color, people of every, every ethnicity, people of of, of, of every background. Amen. People with business suits and ties and people with jeans with holes in them and tattoos and everything in between. Amen. Amen. I cannot carry the load of this church alone. My staff and myself and even the wonderful deacons I have, we cannot care for this church to the degree I want to care for this church. I'm looking for some caring people to help me care for the wonderful people of our church. Today we're going to commission nine new care ministers. These people have been fully trained by our incredible care ministry directors, Ricky and Patty Moffitt. They have our heart. They have our burden. And they are willing and desirous to train you in this ministry if you have a heart and a desire to become a part of this incredible ministry in the future. Fulfill this incredible ministry 